Today on the podcast, Dan Busby joins us to share his reflections on 2019 as the year of excellence and governance. Plus, we begin our discussion on 22 practical tools and templates that could transform your board for years to come. Informing, encouraging, and supporting your church. You're listening to the Excellence in Church Administration podcast from ECFA. Well, hi, and welcome back to the ECFA podcast. This is your host, Michael Martin. Well, hey, this is an extra special episode of the podcast as we welcome our listeners from both the church and ministry podcasts of ECFA together. And the reason that we're coming together is to celebrate the culmination of what we have called here at ECFA in 2019, the Year of Excellence in Governance. And joining me for this discussion is our fearless leader, Dan Busby, president of ECFA. Well, it's good to be with you today, Michael. All right. Well, Dan, we're so grateful to have you here with us on the podcast. It is truly uh, a special treat to get to have Dan here with us because the year of excellence and governance has been keeping Dan busy, <laughs> not just this past year, but actually over the last three years, um, Dan has been busy releasing not one, not two, not even three, but six, if you can believe it, six book titles um, on the topic of board governance. And then in this past year, Dan has also been busy traveling across the country to conduct eight of our regional ECFA governance forums. And so we caught him off the road just before the last two forums coming up here in Southern California and Atlanta. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. But Dan, maybe as we get started here on the podcast today, tell us what was your vision for 2019 as the year of excellence and governance? And maybe just tell us what have been some of your favorite moments so far. Well, Michael, uh, through 40 years uh, of, of ECFA's history, when, when issues come up about compliance with ECFA standards, whether it initially pops up in in financial management or fundraising or stewardship issues, the question will inevitably come back, uh, where was the board? Where was the board? And, and so we, uh, we thought it was time for an inspirational wake-up call with these one-day gatherings uh, to, to help boards integrate biblical wisdom with practical governance best practices. And, and so the inspirational wake-up call was number one. And number two, to provide fresh governance insights with these six books on governance that we've recently published. And then the nonprofit governance board survey that, that is finished and the church governance uh, survey that, uh, that is in process. Um, we had so many uh, research findings that, uh, that we could share that we just simply thought it was time to convene these, these forums across the country to, to share this information. Wow. No, I would echo that. And just based on what I'm hearing, I think it's been really a God-ordained opportunity for ECFA to focus on that. And thanks for bringing, Dan is so humble, um, his 110 man years <laughs> on nonprofit boards to this issue. And uh, I know you always joke to say that the, uh, that the that somebody wouldn't be able to get to that unless they're serving on multiple boards at one time, right? <laughs> right. right. So. And so you also ask about my favorite moments so far. And, yeah. yeah. And each of these forums, they're designed to, to come down to the end of the six hours uh, of the forum to the one or two big takeaways that each participant uh, has had. And, and we've had uh, nearly 800 
individuals sign up for these forums and and so we've been, when we've come down to the end of the forum in each one of the cities and people have shared around their table about uh, what they uh, what they learned from the day and what they're going to go home and uh, the strategic steps that they're going to take um, i'll tell you what the the sharing of of those big takeaways uh, more than once has brought a tear to my eye Mm, no, I imagine. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because we actually are going to sneak into the podcast today a couple of those excerpts um, as people share. So, well, hey, we are, as I mentioned earlier, too, just kind of in getting this started here, Dan, we're capping off what's really been a monumental year uh, with the excellence in governance, with the release of ECFA's latest book um, out of the, the six that I mentioned. And that new release is Tools and Templates, Time-Saving Solutions for Effective Board Governance, which you co-authored with John Pearson, good friend of ECFA and um, true governance expert. Um, maybe, Dan, give us the picture, because I know we don't always see this when we just get the book come across our desk, but what inspired you and John to collaborate on yet another <laughs> governance book? Well, Michael, we were convinced, we are convinced, that, that tools will save you time. Um, and number two, that trust can be broken at any point, but with the right tools and templates, board chairs, CEOs, senior pastors, lead pastors will build and enhance trust. And number three, when you use the right tool at the right time for the right reason, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. No, I think that is a true gift. <laughs> if there's anything that it seems like we're probably all lacking a little bit these days, it is time. So I totally echo that. And Dan, I would say too, from my perspective, I love that you and John have made something that can seem so daunting, uh, like effective board governance, and you've given us some truly practical help. And I know I'm not alone in that view. And we mentioned earlier, just being able to share a uh, couple of clips from those that have been with us at the Governance Forum. So let's take a second and hear now just from one of those testimonies about the value of some of these tools and templates. Hi, uh, Dr. Brooke Jones, Stronger Than Espresso. We help survivors of domestic violence, so that's our focus. Um, today, the biggest takeaway for me is the practical tools and wisdom that I've learned today and with the toolkit um, for me as the founder and CEO to be able to pass the baton for so many critical functions and roles that the board should really take on, but they defer to me. So mm -hmm. this is going to really help me strategically in 2020 make that a seamless process that's not personal, but it's procedural. Well, Dan, I love, I'm so glad that we were able to hear that on the podcast today. I love what Brooke shared there, her insights about these tools, helping her navigate navigate some changes that are difficult sometimes to make in governance and in a way that's procedural and not personal. I think that can sometimes come across that way. Yes, that, that was a real blessing to hear her say that. <laughs> that's great. Well, hey, as they say, there's no better place to start than the beginning, right? So how about with the tools and templates book, um, I know you and John appropriately start that in part one with three different tools on selecting and training excellent board members. And that's really where it all starts. Um, there's a brilliant quote that's shared there, which is date board prospects before proposing marriage, uh, or in other words, board service. Thoughtful adults don't propose marriage on the first date. Effective boards don't propose board service to prospects they don't know well. 
So Dan, why do you think it is that boards can fall into this trap of maybe not dating, if you will, before marriage? And uh, tell us too, what should the ideal pathway to board service look like? Well, some might suggest uh, that it's because of time constraints, and it does seem like we're always out of time. And so we end up at the, the board meeting um, where we need to uh, need to select a new board member, and we look around the room and say, uh, you know, who should we add? Um, and, and so that may look like a time constraint issue, but it's really a lack of planning issue. And, and so having a plan uh, for the pathway of the board um, is, is the key that John Pearson and I talk about and, um, and provide some solutions in the Tools and Templates book. Great. No, I think that is so true. There's definitely a major element of this that's planning. What are maybe just, and maybe it's not the full picture, but what are one or a couple different uh, steps in that pathway uh, before somebody might serve on a board? Well, John Pearson and I refer to it as the prospect pipeline in the Tools and Templates book, and and it has six steps. I may just tick those off really quickly. Step sure. one is to suggest, um, have a board nominee suggestion form. Number two, review uh, the governance committee or the executive committee, whatever the appropriate committee at the at the organization. Um, they they review the prospects. Number three, they inquire um, about the the individuals. Number step four. You know they apply, and so it, it it's uh, it's more of a a formal uh, application process to uh, to serve on the board. Number five, uh, orientation of the board members, and then number six to to engage the the board member after they have been named to the board. And so that's what we call the prospect pipeline. I love it. No, I think it's great, Dan, and I think that'll give everybody just a little taste for just how rich uh, and helpful some of these materials can be. Um, well, hey, as we kind of wrap up this this first section, I know you and John end with another fantastic tool, and that is the board nominee orientation materials, um, which has over 30 possible sections that are included within, you know, potential orientation. And now, as I understand it, you know, you, you guys would say that this is a helpful tool once you have a vetted candidate to gauge their passion level for board service. So what are just maybe a few of those examples, Dan, if you don't mind, and what signs do you watch for in determining whether that board prospect is showing some promising signs of passion? Yes, Michael, the board nominee orientation material checklist is worth its weight in gold. I wish I had had this years ago, but it it simply provides a way to organize the materials that a new board member should receive. And so it's everything from historical information to information about the current members of the board, a mini bio, uh, for example. Of course, uh, the, the policies are included in the in the board nominee orientation materials strategic plans, and, and much more. And so if an organization follows this outline, they will provide their new board members the best organized set of materials that they have ever received. 
No, I couldn't agree more. That's extremely comprehensive. And Dan, maybe too, coming back on that uh, passion idea, if you were to show, um, and I think you guys say even in the templates book that you you wouldn't necessarily have to even show all 31 of the different areas, but um, what would be some signs of passion that you would be looking for and thinking about to you know some of the board members that you have been involved in recruiting over the years? What would be some signs of passion that you might see after somebody would review uh, some of these 31 different areas? After a board member has reviewed the, the materials that have been prepared in the organized fashion that we discussed, I think uh, it, it is quite easy to discern whether an individual uh, is interested in serving on the board or perhaps uh, they had thought about serving on the board for the wrong reason. And so um, I, think, I think their passion will, will be obvious as you, as you discuss the various elements uh, in the orientation materials. I like that idea too. And I think, Dan, it gets to maybe not blindsiding a board member. I think one of the worst things that could happen is you have someone come on the board who's not fully familiar with the organization. How much better is it that you're addressing a lot of these things? Maybe to use your same analogy, it's kind of like your marriage counseling <laughs> before, right. before the board member comes on. So, all right. Well, hey, we are, I know we're coming down to the end of the time, at least for this podcast, and we've got a second to hit just one more of the tools and templates, part two, which is board assessments. <laughs> I suspect that a lot of boards have room for improvement in this area. Peter Drucker said, uh, and this is quoted in the book, self-assessment is the first action requirement of leadership. The constant resharpening, constant refocusing, never really being satisfied. Uh, so Dan, with that quote, how does this idea translate into board service? Um, and what types of board assessments uh, do you and John recommend within the tools and templates? Well, Michael, Peter Drucker also said self-assessment can and should convert good intentions and knowledge into effective action, not next year, but tomorrow morning. Um, so, <laughs> no wasting of time there. That's right. So assessment is one of the most effective ways to move your board to the next level of performance, and that is a worthy goal for, for all boards. Um, so in Tools and Templates, um, we provide um, 50 pages or more of, of self-assessment uh, materials um, from the uh, something as simple as the five finger feedback you've got to read the book to understand that one um, to uh, the board's annual evaluation of the top leader to board self-assessment surveys and and then one of the things that I really like is the the board's annual financial management audit which is a self-assessment of the organization on financial management the board's annual legal audit and the board's annual fundraising audit. And so we provide in one book, and again, uh, the, the, the key to this, these are all downloadable tools using a URL in the front of the book. These are all downloadable tools that organizations, churches, and ministries alike can download in Word format and modify to their own use. And so uh, they're... they're more than 50 pages of, of self-assessment materials, as I started to say, probably more self-assessment materials in this book than any book that has ever been published. Wow. As John Pearson and I say, the Lord wants us to have an extraordinary board to provide spiritual oversight and excellent governance to our God-given missions. And when we are committed to the important work of board recruitment, 
and we ask God for wisdom, direction, and discernment. He can and will bless our churches and Christ-centered ministries with an outstanding team of board members who can help us fulfill our ministry's mission and impact eternity. That is amazing, Dan. Thanks so much for making, uh, putting those together, but not just that, but also making them so readily available. And uh, again, thank you so much for some really practical insights and tools today on helping our boards become more effective. That is truly a gift. And just a reminder, as Dan and I record the podcast today, there may still be time for you uh, to catch us at an ECFA governance forum in November. And so let's just hear, again, another one of our forum participants on their experience for the day and appreciation for many of the tools and templates that we've been talking about today. My name is Rob Fogel. I serve on the Saints Prison Ministry Board. Um, I don't know if anybody relates to this, but coming over to bridge in traffic this morning, I was saying, why am I going to this? I don't like government. I don't like details. I don't like policy. <laughs> but your tools open my eyes to it. I'm, I'm, I run a secular business also, so I could use this in every aspect of my life and maybe be become more of a... Uh, a, a positive influence on the board that I serve on. So thank you. Very, very good. And I'm glad I came. God has a plan. That is so awesome. I think I think probably all of us can relate to Rob. We've probably all been going into meetings or events that we wonder, why in the world am I here? But I'm so grateful that he was able to share about that experience. And you can also learn more about the ECFA governance forums that are free to ECFA members at ecfa.org slash governance forums. And don't worry if you cannot make it to a forum in person this year. Um, we will be back with Dan on our next episode of the podcast to continue our series on tools and templates. We're going to be talking about practical tips for reporting to the board and also taking time for strategic planning. So thanks again for joining us today, and we look forward to being with you again soon on the next ECFA podcast. <music>